today on Better News Radio with Pastor Ricky Elcantan. Look, you guys were planted with something utterly different than anything else in this world. So you may be kind of discouraged that you're not growing in financial wealth because you become Christians. You may be discouraged that the social invitations are rolling in like they used to because you're a Christian. But your community is more precious and amazing because it was planted with the seed of the gospel and it will last and something supernatural will grow from it. This matters so much in the way that we build churches. Open God Pastor Ricky continues his series on the countercultural Christian community. He'll be explaining that the foundation of believers in Jesus is eternal. We have an eternal hope of glory, whereas the world system has no hope at all. There's a reason why the world seeks to look for ways to live longer. It's because they're afraid of what will come after death. We, however, will have eternal rest and don't need to get worried over the temporal issues in this world. Now, let's join Pastor Ricky for part two of his message entitled, The Countercultural Christian Community. He says, you've been planted with a radically different type of seed than any other community that grows in this world. It's interesting when you watch kind of nature shows about environmental change, where kind of a, an environment goes from uh, being lush to becoming a desert over a period of years, or an environment that gets flooded and brings more, more kind of water and moisture and other things grow. And as environments change, a lot of the things in the old environment gets stripped away. But there are always a handful of, of new things that blow in from somewhere else that respond perfectly to the environmental change and thrive in the new environment. And Peter says, this is exactly what you are. This world that seems so green is rotten. It's passing away. It's becoming a desert wasteland. But in the middle of it, there's a little clump of palm trees and a cool spring, right? You are not passing away. You will thrive in the world that is to come. And he continues further down this path in verse 24. For, he says, all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So Peter is saying, you were planted in a radically different way with a radically different seed. So you should be a radically different community. The seed that planted your community was the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news about Jesus. Now, why would Peter sandwich this kind of excursus on the nature of the word of God in between an exhortation to love one another in verse um, 22 and then an exhortation not to hate one another in chapter 2, verse one. So he kind of is saying, love one another, don't hate one another. And in the middle here, I really want you to get something. Let's talk about the nature of the word of God. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have those moments in my Bible where I go, I, I'm, not, I'm not tracking, okay? 
I get the love, I get the not hate, I don't get the excursus into the nature of the word of God. But this is an intentional contrast. In the middle of a community in which these believers found themselves as exiles and strangers, while they were being pushed and pulled by the Roman culture around them, Peter wants them to see something. What plants your community determines what it will look like and whether it will last. What plants your community determines what will grow from it and whether it will last. He wants to say, look, you guys were planted with something utterly different than anything else in this world. So you may be kind of discouraged that you're not growing in financial wealth because you become Christians. You may be discouraged that the social invitations are rolling in like they used to because you're a Christian. But your community is more precious and amazing because it was planted with the seed of the gospel and it will last and something supernatural will grow from it. This matters so much in the way that we build churches because communities built on self-interest only last as long as that self-interest lasts. They will implode because in the end, they're not built on the seed of the gospel. So think about it in your personal life. Maybe you partied a lot in college. Maybe you had a group of people that were always together. You're the best of friends, crazy, nuts. But then after college, what happens? Somebody gets a decent job and decides, you know, I need to kind of pull it together. Somebody else gets married, has kids, thinks I need to pull it together. And all of a sudden, that group of friends, it was like the best group of friends ever. Oh my gosh, we're going to die together. We're going to be like partying when we're 60. Like you've never seen those people again, right? Because you were together to party. And once you stop thinking partying was the point of your life, then you're no longer together. Friends, We face the same danger in the way that we build churches. We can get a group of people together, but if if what we're together around, and this wouldn't be this crowd because we're not cool, but um, if you can pull a group of people together around really cool stuff, really cool music and lights and videos and preaching and some guy that has like a wardrobe that hasn't even come out yet. It's not even coming out till 2016. And everyone's cool, and everyone that comes to the church feels cool for having gone to the church. And here's the problem. Coolness is that. It's that. And Peter says, you are planted with the word of God, so build around that. Communities built on human backgrounds like culture or race or ethnicity. Now, some of that happens naturally, but often human communities built around culture or race or ethnicity have to exclude others. And often what happens is that others are kind of pushed out in order for that community to maintain its identity. And so listen, some churches have a lot more of one type of person than another type of person. Listen, I'm not saying in any way that that's bad. A lot of that is natural. A lot of people that are in the church that are like that reach out to their friends who are not in the church and they come in and it's just kind of, you get a church that's sort of like that, okay? But friend, that can't be what we build on because it's not what started our community. And when you plant a community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
What should happen, what often happens, is people from different cultures, different ethnicities, different backgrounds, different economic levels come together because they're coming together around Jesus. And friends, my my heart is this. I, I don't want us to be a Hispanic church. I don't want us to be a military church. I don't want us to be a middle-class church. I don't want us to be a group of people that all have to love El Paso as much as I do, because I love El Paso, but you may not. Friends, I I want us to be a a church that's planted by the gospel of Jesus Christ and is nurtured by the gospel of Jesus Christ that attracts people across boundaries so that when we look on the community, we say, how in the world did that happen? You know what Peter would say? It's because you were born again. Not with something perishable, but with something imperishable. The living and abiding word of God, which is the good news. A group of people that are excited, not about their ethnicity or culture or economic class or interest, but excited about the good news of Jesus. Friends, that's, that's Peter's heart for us. That's my heart for you. So when, when you are a little uncomfortable in a group of believers in your community group or in your church, maybe you're a little uncomfortable socially or culturally or with interests or economically, you have that weird moment where you're like talking to somebody new and you're like grasping for something to talk about. It's like, yeah, so did you grow up in El Paso? Oh, no. Oh, so, um, so... Yeah, football season's coming up. Yeah, I don't really watch that. Oh, okay. Um, like Wendy's? <laughs> I've, I went to Wendy's last week. You ever been there? Not, not really. Okay, uh, you know. <laughs> Listen, friends, I think those moments of awkwardness are healthy because it means that really one of the only reasons you're together talking to one another is the good news of Jesus Christ. So push through it, friends. And you can always flip back and go, well, I don't know if we have anything else to talk about. So how did you become a Christian? You at least have that in common, which by the way, is a destiny altering, universe shaping truth that is more important than anything else you could talk about, right? So let's embrace the awkwardness. I think it's healthy. We have a group of people right now in our church that is probably kind of one of the more diverse groups of church that we've had through our history. I love that. It's also awkward, but I love it. And I want us to have a heart that goes, listen, you were born again, I was born again. And we're united not around something that's gonna perish like that, but something that's gonna last. So let's build a friendship. Let's go out to lunch. Let's do community together. So do you relate to people that are just most similar to you? Or do you build bridges and friendships with others with the seed of the gospel? Third, What does not grow from this new community? So we've seen what grows from the community. We've seen what planted the community. And third, we're going to see what does not grow from this new community. Chapter two, verse one says, so, do you like these connecting words? Peter's like trying to make it easy for us. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. So essentially what Peter is doing is he's saying, All of these things are the opposite of love. I told you a few verses ago, love one another. Now I'm going to say, don't unlove one another, right? Is that even grammatically correct? I don't even, I said that. I'm trying to, don't unlove. I don't know. We're going to keep going. His rationale 
is not just, well, you know, knock it off. His rationale is, these things are completely contrary to the new life you have now. Don't build a new community out of your old life. Build a new community out of your new life. And so he lists, this is kind of a laundry list. He says, no malice. Malice is sort of general hatred, general desire to do harm to others. Now you think, I mean, I certainly hope nobody's dealing with a lot of malice right now because that would be a little terrifying. It's a general desire to do harm to others. Wow, okay. Um, Please do put that away Um, or our ushers will put you away. So (laughs) now listen though, this can sneak in when you start start harboring thoughts like this. When you go, ah, that person will just not stop talking. That person is coming. Ugh. Or maybe it's this. Maybe there's some bitterness and resentment, and you start thinking, I hope that person gets what's coming to them, right? Now, listen, friends. There's a, there's a place even for church discipline, but the motive for church discipline is love, not malice. You should never move somebody toward church discipline because you're like, oh, I'm so frustrated at them. I, I, I want to harm them. I want this to hurt them. No, no, no. It's entirely the wrong way. He says, love and put away malice. He also says to put away deceit. Now, this can be outright lying to present yourself as better than you are. It it can also be hiding things. When somebody says, how are you really doing these days? That doesn't mean you have to share everything with everyone. But if you have a sincere friend that's asking you, man, how are things going in your marriage? And you know that they're not good. And you go, oh, God's just blessing my socks off. Like, Peter says that's, that's the opposite. Or when you're being deceptive and, and somebody says, hey, could you help with X? And you say, oh, I have a dental cleaning that day. We'll be unable to attend, right? He says, no, no, no. It's to be a place of truth, a place of honesty in the Christian community. He also says to put away hypocrisy. That can be acting one way in the church and another in the world. So when you come in, everything's happy and Jesus and good, and then Friday night, it's a different story. If you're acting for pretending, that hurts the body. He also throws in envy. It can be envying someone's job or spouse or ministry position or friends. You want what they have. And Peter says that never comes from a place of love. And last is slander. I think slander is a bigger deal in our culture than we think it is. Um, This can be telling outright lies that harm others, but more often, this word is about telling half-truths, about painting an unflattering picture, about using information strategically to give a bad impression of another person. And Peter says, you know what? Put all these things away and put on love. And really, you could, you could get at all these things by asking the question, is this a loving, earnest response to my fellow brother or sister in Christ? In light of God's love for me, is what I'm doing, the way that I'm acting, a loving response toward this person? That's what Peter's getting at. So are you acting like your old life or your new life with other believers? That's what Peter wants us to consider. And last and very briefly, we're going to consider what sustains this new community. 
Chapter two, verse two says, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Now, this pure spiritual milk is tied to the words we just heard. So it's referring back to the, the, the word of God. So this pure spiritual milk is, a, is an image of kind of the unfiltered, no additive word of God, the word of the gospel. And you need that, Peter says, to grow up into salvation. Schreiner says this, Peter's purpose was to say that all believers should be like infants in this sense, that we crave this pure spiritual milk of the word. And this word crave is a strong word used of ardent desire believers should have for God. Babies long for milk that will sustain bodily growth, and similarly, believers should desire milk for growth in salvation. Peter's saying, what's going to sustain this community toward love, away from hate that's planted on the gospel, what's going to sustain it is feeding on the word of God. What starts the community is the same thing that sustains the community. We don't start with the gospel and with the Bible and then go, okay, we're now in the door. Now let's explore a bunch of other stuff that have nothing to do with the Bible. No, he says, no, no, no. No additives, unfiltered, the Bible. That's what sustains and grows your community. Now, when our boys were born, when they were, when they were little, there was a hilarious thing that happened where I'd watch them go from not hungry Two, I'm so hungry I'm going to die in like one and a half seconds, right? Like, if you've had kids, you get this, where they'll, they'll be fine, oh, fine, fine, fine. Oh, looking over there, blah, blah, blah. and all of a sudden, it like comes over their face. <gasps> I'm hungry. And they go, <gasps> they start screaming. And you're like, you were just fine two seconds ago. So you can put the baby down, look over here, come back. They're like a demon, right? They're, <gasps> and they're hungry. Peter's saying, you are to be always hungry for the word of God. You're to be one of those people that it's like, if I don't have enough Bible in my life and in my diet, I'm going to die, right? If I can't get to church and hear the preached word, I'm going to die. If I can't get to community group and open up the Bible, I'm going to die. If I can't open my Bible in the morning, I'm going to die. That's what he's saying. Because that will sustain your new life and your new community. Uh, in that concentration camp in Shifu that I talked about earlier, one of the survivors tells something interesting about what sustained them. And she says this, one of the things we sang when the Japanese were marching us into concentration camp was the first verse of Psalm 46. God is our refuge, our refuge and our strength. And on and on it goes. In trouble, we will not be afraid. All of these words just sung into our hearts. That sticks. It's like you've got a groove sticking in the gramophone record. I am safe, I am safe, I am safe, I am safe. And that was just profound. What Peter is telling these believers is that the world is hard. The, the world's going to exert pressure on you, both social, kind of socially and through persecution. It's, you're going to feel squeezed. What you need to sustain you is the words of God. You're safe. You're adopted. 
You have an an inheritance that is unfading, undefiled, kept in heaven for you. You've been born again to a living hope. Jesus Christ laid down his life for you. If you suffer, it's only for a little while. You're going home to be with Jesus. These truths we need all the time to sustain our Christian community. I'm gonna end with this. Now this passage should function for us as both a warning and an encouragement. You guys want the warning or the encouragement first? Okay, warning. There we go. End with encouragement. This warning comes to us courtesy of someone else, so you don't get mad for me reading this. A pastor named Mark Dever liked to say this striking sentence. He says this, if you are not a member of the church you regularly attend, you may well be going to hell. Thank you, Dr. Dever. He continues, I don't care how much you cry during, during singing and preaching. If you do not live a life marked by love toward others, the Bible has no encouragement for you to think you're a Christian. Do you want to know if your new life is real? Commit yourself to a group of local sinners. Try to love them. Don't just do it for six weeks. Don't just do it for six months. Do it for years. And I think you will find out, and others will too, whether or not you love God. Joining a church won't save you. It is only the death of Christ that saves you. He alone is our righteousness. But if he really is our righteousness, if we really love he who we have not seen, it will show itself by us loving those that we do see. Peter says, if you have been born again, you will be part of this new community. And friend, let me, let me just encourage you that there is a warning here that you can't live your Christian life apart from other believers and thrive. It may be technically possible, but you will not grow into maturity and into salvation. But this passage is also an encouragement. This community is possible because God can do the miraculous. We, we can't work this up, right? Sometimes I look at this passage and I think, I can't work that up. A community of people that loves one another earnestly, they're like, no, 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 let me serve you. No, 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 I want to go serve you. No, I want to love you. No, I want to love you more. You know? And I'm just thinking, that seems impossible. That has no slander, that people are putting away slander and deceit and are real and vulnerable and who are built on the gospel and growing up into the word. That seems impossible. And God says, exactly. I have caused this thing to be planted through the living and abiding word of God, to be sustained through the living and abiding word of God. And my goal is that people would walk in the doors of a church or get involved in the community of a church and say, we lived a miracle. And it's possible, friend. So let's strive. Let's run after what God has laid out in his word. Hope in God, oh my soul, he is strong and he's strong to save. Hope in God, he's a rock in your hiding place. He's a mighty fortress. Hope is something.
something that many people have little of, and yet we clamor for the latest this or that, believing that our longing for hope will be fulfilled. Pastor Ricky will be teaching through the book of 1 Peter here on Better News Radio. We'll learn that hope is something that is beyond this world and that our lives will become holy once we hope in the eternal. For more information, email us at radio at betternewsradio.com. Sometimes it is just easier to call. Our phone number is 915-562-7100. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 915-562-7100. You can learn more about Better News Radio, Cross of Grace Church, and Pastor Ricky at our website, betternewsradio.com. All of Pastor Ricky's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at betternewsradio.com. That's betternewsradio.com. You'll also find contact information, driving directions to the church, and details about activities and upcoming events on our website. We also encourage you to follow the Better News Radio Twitter feed at Cross of Grace EP, where Ricky tweets additional thoughts about the messages you hear on Better News Radio. Or connect with us on Facebook at Cross of Grace EP. Well, that's all the time we have for today. From all of the production team here at Better News Radio, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Better News Radio. Better News Radio.